Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Titus. For the next 12 clinics, we're gonna stay in Titus. We are going to do what is called the Cowboy Academy because whenever you read the little short book of Titus, it explains just as, as well as anywhere in the Bible of what it means to be a cowboy on God's outfit. What is God's outfit? The Bible calls it the kingdom of God. We, we, we'll refer to it as many things. God's outfit. I like to refer to it as the Long X Ranch. And I'm not talking about the little piece of property that we run some cows on. I'm talking about the kingdom of God where the Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. We're talking about things that are not made by man but instituted by God. We're going to teach you if you will open up your eyes, you will open up your ears, have the wisdom to hear, let go of self. We're going to teach you how to be a cowboy on the Long X Ranch. Or we're going to teach you how to ride for the kingdom of God. You know, uh, yesterday, Ty, Ty kind of gave you a rough overview. I'm going to go into a few little more details about our adventures yesterday. And, and you know what? That's what life is like whenever you do cowboy for God. It's always an adventure. And when we got there... Uh, Cowboys were already saddled up, and we went to just make a real quick sweep of some pastures just to make sure that we had not missed anything. And so me and, uh, me and the gardeners and, and, and Tiffany, we, uh, we struck out on a long trot, and we went a pretty good ways. And we, had to, uh, we got over there, and we didn't see any of the cattle that we were supposed to get. But, but me and Tiffany, you know, we, we was doing what we were told. We were told to go look for... For the ranch's cattle, and we didn't find none of the ranch's cattle, and we were coming back, and that old, down there in that bijou, there's some little creeks that run through there, and I'd heard horror stories about, you know, quicksand, and, and I ain't joking, you know, quicksand and mud and everything like that. And, and me and Tiffany are riding along. Well, I got me a new horse. I brought it back from Texas. It was my little sister's horse. I called, my wife named him Budhead. It's not representative of his attitude. He's a pretty good-natured horse. He's good-looking except for his butt and his head. So, uh, so she named him Butthead. And, and Tiffany, Tiffany was on the cutest little pony, and I'm not joking. It was a pony. And she did everything these big horses did yesterday. And so me and Tiffany, we're riding along, and we're kind of out front. And, and we get to this, you know, this creek that's running through there, and it's just solid sand. And so it's just like flip a coin. Because you, you can't tell where these places are. And, and so um, she was dumb enough to follow me. And um, so here I go. And we, you can see the bottom. And we're riding along. And then all of a sudden the hand of God came down and we baptized two horses. <laughs> Full immersion baptism. We were nearly across. And my horse stands about this tall. Her horse stands about this tall. Luckily, my horse did not drown. Hers went completely out of sight. Just could I mean, we're riding along looking, you know, I'm looking pretty because, you know, Tiffany's looking good over here. And I, whew, we fall down and we, I, I guarantee you, I emptied five gallons of sand out of my tap at the, at the branding and everything. But, you know, the, the, here, here's the deal. When you go to a deal like this, it is the greatest illustration of being a cowboy on a place because it, 
The Apostle Paul says in Titus chapter 1, he says, it starts up, Titus 1.1. He tells you what the very first quality that you will have to have in riding for God's outfit. Most people, when they read Titus 1.1, they're just going to skim right over it and they fail to see the beauty. And then when we do look at it, you're going to go, what? That ain't me. But it is, and it needs to be you. And God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And Paul says in Titus 1.1 right here, he says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. We could stay on that verse right there. For weeks and weeks and weeks of the loaded things that are in that statement. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ. If you want it in a little you know, easier to understand, like, a, like I do the simplified cowboy version, it says this letter is from Paul, a slave of God and a cowboy that rides for Jesus Christ. See, riding for the long X, if you're going to ride for the kingdom of God, if you're going to saddle up and you're going to become somebody that you know that God wants you to be, the first thing that you've got to become is exactly what Paul said he was. A slave of God. See, slaves don't go where they want to go. You don't roll up on a ranch and go, yeah, I'm a big bad cowboy because I got me a big black hat and a big nice horse and I'm here to do this and that, look at me. No, when we got there, I mean literally, me and Ty and Sean and Chad and, and Jason, Tiffany and, and, and Ben and Stillman we, and Jason and everybody that was there, we got there, saddled up and said, what do you want us to do? How can we serve? We are not there to tell anybody what to do. We are there to serve. And if you're going to ride for the long X, if you're going to ride for the kingdom of God, that's exactly the attitude that you have to take. You've got to show up every single day and say, how can I serve? It's not one of the, well, I don't think we should be doing it. Man, the boss of the outfit is going to tell you what to do, and if he wants your opinion, he'll give it to you. And that's kind of the way it is. You know what? If you want to just see my hair catch on fire, is when, when, somebody, when you read a passage out of the Bible and somebody says, well, I don't know if I believe that. It doesn't matter what in the heck you believe. That's what the Bible says. You, you can always tell when somebody takes a biblical truth and goes, well, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe that or not. See, they've made their own God. They're not a slave to God. They're picking and choosing what they want to do and what they want to ride for. When God says it, that's what we're supposed to do. And right here it says, become a slave of God. Paul says this letter's from Paul. A slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ. See, slaves go where they're told to go. Slaves do what they're told to do. Slaves say what they are told to say. And they be who they are told to be. If you're told to get down on the ground crew, you get down on the ground crew and you make a hand. If you're told to go rope, you go in there and rope. Nobody's expecting perfection, but what they do want is try. Take care of the cattle. Take care of your horse. Take care of your fellow cowboy. We are slaves to God. We are not here to impress people. We are not here to pat ourselves on the back or to say, look at me. We're here to say, look at God. Do what He tells us to do. Be who He tells us to be. Say what He wants us to say. Do what He tells us to do. Slaves do what they're told to do. But here's the thing. See how many of us would, would, would really like to say, oh man, I want to become a slave. I want to become a slave. A lot of people would say, no, nah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about all that, becoming a slave. But here's the deal. You know, slaves are also cared for, clothed, and doctored by God himself. See, you can take care of yourself if you'd like to. You, God gives you that choice. He says, you know what? You can take care of yourself all you want to. 
Or you can come and ride for me and do what I tell you to do. Be who I tell you to be. Say what I want you to say. Go where I want you to go. And then I'm going to take care of you. You worry about what I've said, and I'll worry about everything else. You know, in Jeremiah 9, I literally, when I read this verse to my wife earlier this week, both of us, I mean, my eyes got real sweaty, and and I ain't going to lie. I didn't let one escape, but that's just because I roped it before it got too out of hand. Okay? Listen to this verse. God wants to take care of us. He wants us to become a slave to him. But he, in return, he's going to say, give yourself all to me, and I'm going to show you things that you never dreamed of. Listen to Jeremiah 9. This is in Jeremiah 9. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord whose love is unfailing. Dang, that they truly know me and they understand that my love is unfailing. That is amazing. That's what happens when you become a slave to God. When you give away your petty wants, your petty desires, you, you, you shun the things of this world that the world says, man, if you reach this, you're going to be somebody. Or if you drive this, you're going to be somebody. Or whatever, the, fill, fill in the blank. But when you give yourself totally over to God, and if you want to ride for his outfit, you've got to do exactly what Paul says. He says, this is a letter from Paul, a slave of God. See, slaves don't have opinions either. They do what they're told to do. And, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when uh, Ty is, you know, I, I make fun of him and say that he's a, is the associate pastor. He gets fired up. If you want to just make him mad, just say that. He's not the associate pastor, though. He's my friend, and he runs our ranch. And if you want to see Christianity in action, come watch me and Ty work together. He's from Montana, and he does things one way. And I'm from Texas, and I do things... All the other ways. Let's pray for Ty right quick. God, we just come to you right now. You're welcome. I gave you that one. Just as like a little slow pitch softball. But you know what the deal is? It's so fun. And, and I thank God for, for, for mine and Ty's relationship. Because when it comes to, to, to church and the religious aspect, Ty defers to me. And I know that's tough on him sometimes. But when it comes to the ranch, I tell him, Ty, how do you want it done? Tell me what you want to do. Now, I know a lot of that stuff, but I don't care about what I, want, what I know. I want to learn what Ty knows. I already know what I know. Why would I want to learn what I already know? Learn from somebody else. He's a great cowboy. And I, and I learn from what he does. God speaks biblical truths to me, reminds me of illustrations on how to be uh, humble and meek and to do what we're told and to become a servant. But see, you know, have you ever noticed this? When somebody says something, how many times is the very next thing that said is, well, what I think is, and I do it too. So, well, I like that horse. Well, I don't really like that. Man, we, don't we always turn it back to ourselves every single time? I challenge you over the next few weeks, hopefully for the rest of your lives, quit making everything about you. Because if you're a slave to God, it's not about you. It's about Him. Shut your mouth and learn. Quit telling everybody what you think about every stinking item. Sometimes people are giving praise reports, you know, or they're, they're saying something cool. Hey, I got me a new horse. Well, he ain't very, kind of big for you, ain't he? Shut up. Kick him in the face because I'm on a big horse now. Of course, I wouldn't do that. I'd kick him in the back of the head. Not really, not really. You know what? When you ride for the kingdom of God, when you ride for the long X, 
Long Axe Ranch Cowboys are consistently growing, learning, and becoming top hands because given a choice, we will always fall back on the familiar, the known, and the easiest. See, that? that's what it is. Man, our natural inclination is to take the easiest way out every single time. But when you become a slave and you go ride with Ty tomorrow and he says, hey, I need you to long trot over here, it, it may be a little out of your comfort zone because given the choice, most of the times we will not leave our comfort zone on our own. But I guarantee you, you ride for God, he's going to put you, you're going to be so uncomfortable, I just I marvel at people whenever they say, yeah, I'm a believer on how things are going. Oh, they're just peachy. Everything's great in my life. <laughs> You're not riding for the God I ride for because he's always pushing me more than I can be. Just constantly pushing us and pushing us out of our comfort zone because that's where we grow. That's where we mature. That's where we learn. In Colossians 3, 22 and 23, Paul says this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. You go to work for an outfit, you become a slave out there. You do what they tell you to do. Ground crew, roping, go get water, whatever the case may be. You do what they tell you to do. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear for the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Make yourself a servant. Jesus said, those that are going to be the top in the kingdom of heaven are those that put themselves at the bottom. And he even said, the Son of God didn't come to be served, but to serve. He even, not only did he wash somebody's feet, wash all of his apostles' feet to show them how far he was willing to go to serve, he also went to the cross willingly. We're supposed to be servants. We're supposed to be slaves. You don't grow in the familiar. You don't grow... In the known, and you don't grow by taking the easy way out every single time. I'm going to spill that if I keep holding on to it. We're fixing to get Western here. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had a front row view of Stillman's wreck yesterday. <laughs> I did come at him with a knife, okay? I'll, since he just blew my whole story... Sit there and be made fun of, Stillman. <laughs> Not really. So anyway, he, he had caught two feet and one had slipped. And we don't take them to the fire unless they have two feet. Well, his rope was kind of sucked down tight. So I was coming to help him and I was going to cut his rope. And uh, Cowboy's got that. Um, no, I was, I was coming to help him get his rope off. And he was kind of swinging it like this. And he, the, that colt he was riding didn't take kindly to this. And so I told him, I said, Stillman, I'm coming, and I got my knife. Don't ever work with the preacher. He'll get you bucked off. <laughs> that horse blew up, jumped three fences. Summer, am I making it good enough? Okay, I'll, I'll keep going. He somersaulted. <laughs> Stillman crawled all the way underneath him, come out the other side just to wear him out, tried the barrel roll again, and a hawk hit him in the head trying doing my best and then well the hawk hit him the horse grabbed him by the foot and jerked him out and stomped him on the ground is that, is that good enough that's how it happened that's what I saw and then the horse runs out and barreled over everybody and I got to him and I was like oh my gosh Dillman 
And I had to give him CPR. I mean, Stillman's a good-looking guy and all, but, but I gave him cowboy CPR. I kicked him and said, breathe before you die. When he finally got his air back, he's halfway to getting his horse, and he goes, <gasps> he landed on me. I said, I know, I was sitting there. You should have seen my view. Funny part about all that is this. About an hour and a half before that, me and Steelman are sitting side by side. And he looks over and he says, you know, for the longest, one, longest time, I just wanted a cowboy for God. I wanted to minister. Guess who got bucked off? The one that wanted to minister and ride for God. And you know, I always tell people, come talk to me. Come talk to Ty. Talk to Steelman. He's, 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 he's real good at it. When, when, when people say, I want to ride for God, man, you, st- you, get a, you get a bullseye on your chest. Man, you have stood out now. And when people say, yeah, I'm a believer, most of the time I want to hug them and go, tell me what happened. Because it's not easy. When you put a bullseye on your chest, that devil says, oh, you want to stand up. Your life don't get easier following Christ, and I'm here to tell you the truth. Your life will not get easier if you ride for the long X. If you ride for the kingdom of God, your life is not going to get easier. It's going to get better. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more godly. There's things that's going to happen to you that would have never been able to happen before. See, riding for God doesn't mean wrecks won't happen. It means now you possess the power to overcome them. Because just like Ty said, I walked with Stillman and he never wavered. He got up and once he found the oxygen that was left in the world and he wiped the dirt out of his eyes because that's the only thing we could see on him was his eyes. You know what he did? He didn't make one excuse, and he didn't waver one time. He went over there and got that horse, and just like Ty said, he stepped right on, petted it, and went back to do his job. And that's what God wants you to do when you ride for him. And you know what? You can come talk to us. We may laugh about it later. It hurt like heck when he got bucked off. I seen it, man. I was, I was the closest one. God granted me that great opportunity to be right there, eyewitness. We can do it again sometime, buddy. In the second part of Titus chapter 1.1, it says this, I have been sent to proclaim faith to those that God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. If you want that a little simpler, I have been sent to speak the truth and teach those chosen by God how to ride for Him. That's what Paul's saying. He says, I have been sent to speak the truth and teach those chosen by God how to ride for Him. Riding for the long X. It means that you have been chosen. That's what Paul says. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those that God has chosen. You have been chosen. You think you're here by accident? You think you're here because you wanted to be? Something inside you tugged at you. Something on, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook or, or whatever. You came across one of the stories. You are listening to this not because by accident, because God chose you. God has looked down from his throne and said, I want you. You come and ride for me. I love you more than anything. I loved you so much that I sent my only son to die for you. Now come and ride for me and I'll show you things that you never dreamed of. I will grow you in ways you never imagined. Riding for the Long X Ranch, riding for the kingdom of God means that you will be taught the truth in how to live godly lives. And I'm not talking about that religious crap. 
Pardon my French. I'm not talking about man-made rules. I'm talking about faith in Jesus Christ and being sincere in our faith and, and serious in our walk and serious in our talk and forsaking everything else and just writing for Him. That's what I'm talking about. When you live for God, when you live a godly life, you will have purpose. Have you ever thought that there was more to life than what you have now? Have you ever thought, you know what? Is this all there is? Maybe, maybe, maybe I was meant for more than, than, than just going and working 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And you know, I, I want to grow. I want to be who I know deep down inside of me that God has called me to be. When you ride for Him, you will receive that. And it's probably, and, and no, not problem. God is going to take you in a direction that's 180 degrees from where you think you should be. And you're going to realize if you go that direction that that other one was just a box canyon dead end full of worldly things that just would never get you anywhere. Your purpose will be revealed when you ride for the long X and, li and uh, this is a godly life worth riding for. The second thing he'll do is he will take your passions and he will turn them into things you never imagined. When you ride for the long X, you will once again be passionate about life. When you're passionate about life, it allows you to get back on after getting bucked off. When you're passionate, it allows you to shrug off the negativity and to be able to hold your head high in any circumstance. This is a godly life worth living for. When you ride for the long X, possibilities become endless. When you ride for the long X, God starts opening doors to new opportunities, new levels of understanding, wisdom that can only come from God, and peace that surpasses all understanding. Your life will explode into something you could never have attained by yourself. You will become more than you ever could have with your limited resources and faculties. And your life will once again be meaningful. This is a godly life, riding for Christ. But you know what? None of this is going to be just handed to you. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and, and have everything. What God is going to give you is he's going to give you a mustard seed. There you go. And he's going to say, now grow it. And that mustard tree isn't going to develop overnight. You have to nurture it. You have to love it. You must have to feed it, water it, prune it, protect it, plant it, shower it with love, fertilize it. Our faith is the same way. Yes, everything is contained in that seed. But that doesn't mean it's going to stay a seed. We have to water it. We have to grow it. Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2 says, Offer yourself as a living sacrifice every day, for this is your true and spiritual act of worship. We must worship. We must ride every single day, not just when it's convenient. We are not going to be weekend Christians, Sunday morning Christians. And I'm not saying that we have to walk around saying, God bless you, and you know, laying hands on people at Walmart, unless they steal something and you go rope them. Did y'all see that? That cowboy in Oregon? Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> Got to do it every single day. Every single day. Live a godly life. You know what? I watched a bunch of young cowboys and cowgirls eat a hearty meal yesterday about lunch with smiles on their faces and dirt in their teeth. Most of them are walking with a limp, favoring a wing, or nursing a bruise. But every one of them, the kids that I watched, and, and, I, and I use kids loosely, these, these are young, young men and women, young cowboys and cowgirls. I watched them walk in, kind of tentative, not knowing what to do. When you start wrestling 
150, 200 pound calves and you start getting thrown around. And man, when, when you're working beside good cowboys and, and you're getting that experience, man, your chin just kind of, something just kind of lifts you up. And those same tentative kids that I saw walk in there, man, when I seen them walking at lunch, man, I wish I would have videoed that, man. They had swag. <laughs> Maybe it was more like this. But their heads were held high. No matter what they did. Right? They had this confidence about them. And that's what you get when you ride for God. That's what you get when you ride for the long X men. You get a confidence that you can't ever. It's not that fake, you know, thinking positive. Oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to hold my head up. No, I'm talking about something that, that comes from within. That li- it's not you lifting yourself up. It's God lifting yourself up. Man, your shoulders kind of roll back just a little bit. That chin, not in haughtiness, but of your identity in Christ. The confidence level. Man, that, that's why everybody wants to be a cowboy. Like, you know what I mean? It, and I'm not talking about cockiness. I'm talking about confidence and that you love your life. That you're working with things for a purpose. Titus 1-2 says this, This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Or in the simplified cowboy version, The truth I speak gives cowboy confidence that eternity is waiting for him because God promised it. And he ain't never gone back on his word. When you ride for the long X, you will have eternal life. You will have everything that he promised. Not just bits and pieces. Not the things that you you perform well. Riding for the long X means that you have confidence that you no longer have to be afraid. Because I know you've been living scared. I know it. You may not even admit it to yourself. Maybe you won't even admit it to your spouse. But you've been worried. You've been living in fear. All the what ifs. The what is, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? Living in fear. Well, when you, when you truly give yourself over to God, you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be afraid of what others say or think about you. How much of your life is scheduled around what other people say and think? You know what? My old, my second, third, golly, I'm getting too many kids. Can't keep them straight. Jake, the oldest boy we adopted, he's blind. Me and Ty were talking the other day, yesterday. And when he gets excited, his old hand goes like this. And he, I mean, the biggest grin you've ever seen gets on his face. And the other night, he was listening to music. He can tell you the top 20 countdown, UK and Billboard America. He loves music. And we told him, dance. And all he did was put the biggest smile on his face. And he went like this. The whole song. It was unadulterated joy. He didn't know what other people did. He doesn't dance like anybody else. He dances like himself. And it brought tears to my eyes. What would your life be like if you didn't know what others were saying, seeing, or thinking, or feeling? How would you live your life? That's the kind of life that you can live when you ride for the kingdom of God. When you ride for the long X. In 1 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, Paul says this, As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you, or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that, that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. He says, don't worry about what anybody else. You ride for God and God alone, and that will lift you up to places you never even dreamed of. 
But you can't, you can't be riding for God and then looking over your shoulder to see what other people are saying or thinking about it. I guarantee you, they're going to talk smack. See that? I catch, caught myself there. You no longer have to be afraid of your quality of life. Well, you know, I mean, I still got to go to work. And, you know, what if, what if, uh... Man, listen to this. In Matthew 6, 31, Jesus is talking about how, how God clothes the flowers in the field and the birds of the air. And then he says this, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. You know all the yeah buts you have about following Christ? Man, yeah, I, I, I would ride for him, but yeah, I would, I, I'd, I'd go to church, but yeah, I, I would read my Bible, but I, I call them the yabbits. Yabbit, 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 yabbit. Man, he says, seek the kingdom of God and you won't have to worry about anything else. He'll provide for you. Godly confidence means you no longer have to be afraid of death. Come on, let's just cut right to the chase. That thing that's looming over every single one of you, that death. We can't run away from it. We can't hide from it. Are you afraid of it? I have to admit, I had dreams all night long of me dying with cancer last night. It was strange how I conducted myself in the dream aspect of it, knowing that my end was near. Well, my end is just as near now as it was in that dream last night because we don't know. We don't have an expiration date stamped on the bottom of our foot. But you know what Jesus says in John 8, 51? He says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Your body will die, but you won't be there when it happens. He'll take you before that happens. That's why they say that, you know, Christian deaths are peaceful. They're not there when it happens. They've already died to self. They don't have to die a second time. Die to self. It's all throughout the Bible. You can't get away from it. If you're going to follow Christ, you've got to die to self. But I'd rather die to self while I'm alive than have to experience that other one. I've already died to self, or I am dying to self right now. If you ride for the long X, you will spend eternity in heaven with God. It is promised, and God has never broken one, or can he? Paul said, this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And the last thing is this. Yesterday, there was me and Chad taking cows from the alley and putting them in to be doctored. And then there was, there was Ray Lynn and Sean and Stillman loading them into the chutes, and then there was a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls that was doing all the doctoring and the sorting and all of that stuff. There's like a, I don't remember how many cows, but I, there were a lot of cows, right? And there's five or six of us horseback, and then the rest of the, the hardest working crews was up front doing the chute work. But you know what was out in the pasture during that time? There was Jace, and there was Ty, and there was Tiffany, and they were going after one calf that had got out. All of us cowboys working all of these cows, and there was nearly as many after one. And that's the way cow, real cowboy is. You know who goes after the one? The top guys. The ones that have the skill set to go out there and get it done. We was working our cows the other day, and one jumped, how many, two or three fences, or same fence, three times, plus crushed my gate. And me and Ty went out there and we roped it. That was fun. Love stretching out ornery cows. But we did it because we have the skill level to do that. Not bragging. We just have the skill level to do that. That's the skill level God wants you to have in a spiritual manner. Think about this. Titus chapter 1, verse 3. And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. That message that we announce to everyone. See, that's our job. 
Jesus, the last thing he said before he went into heaven after he was resurrected, he said, go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's your job as a cowboy, is to go out and proclaim the good news. Your job is to spread it. We do it by a combination of living godly lives. We do it by being who God called us to be. We do it by being cowboys of character and integrity and telling others of how Jesus Christ saved our ever-loving lives. We are gathering the strays, not bringing in the herd. See, nearly anyone, I'm, I'm telling you what, anybody can nearly get on a horse and get behind a big old group of cattle coming in, and most of them will go to the pasture. But when those one or two turn back and they head for the high country with nines in their tails, you know who the boss sends? He sends those that are mature enough and have the skill set to go get it. And like I said, that's the skill set that God wants you to have in a spiritual manner. In Matthew 18, 12 through 14, it says this. If a man has a hundred cows, right? We're not going to talk about sheep. <laughs> Ty gets cringy when we use sheep. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go to search for the one that is lost? And he finds it, I tell you the truth. He will rejoice over it more than the other 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Go get those that are running off. I will search for those that are lost and bring back those that have strayed away. That's your job as a cowboy. That's your job as a Christian. Over the next 12 sessions, we're going to expound on this. We're going to keep going through Titus, and we're going to learn. And you know what? It ain't going to be for everybody because, unfortunately, not all of you are tough enough. But you're here, and you're seeing it. You're here for the time because God is choosing you. He says, I will give you the strength. You're not going to be tough enough to do it on your own, but I'm going to give you the strength to do it. And I'm going to bring you out better than you walked in. What is the Long X Ranch? It's not the property down the road here. It's the kingdom of God. Are you ready to cowboy up for the Long X Ranch? When do you start? You start right now. You make that decision right now. A decision that's going to have eternal consequences. Number one, become a slave of God. Give your lives over, man. Who cares what people think? You become a slave to God, doing what He called you to do, being who He called you to be, saying what He called you to say, and doing what He called you to do. You do that. Number two, you live a godly life. You do things the way God says to do it. Don't just get in the good book and, 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 and pick and choose what you want to believe. Like, oh, I want the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms. I don't want the other stuff. Man, don't be a marshmallow Christian. You dig in there and you do it even if it's hard. Live a godly life. Number three, you quit being so afraid. You give it over to God. Have courage. It's number one. Most repeated command of God in the entire Bible, do not be afraid. Well, if he says don't be afraid and quit being afraid, it takes practice. Maybe your courage is just a mustard seed, but use it. Grow it. Believe it. Number four, go find the one. God's given you an opportunity right now to work on that skill set. Go find the one. It might be a neighbor. It might be a coworker. It might be a family member. It might be a spouse. It might be an amigo. It might be somebody you run into at the restaurant, the cafe, whatever. Go up to them. Show them an interest. Don't make it about you. Make it about him. Dive into them. Say, how you doing? Good to see you. Tell me what's been going on. Blah, blah, blah. You get them. And you show them who Jesus Christ is through the way that you live your life. By the things that you say. By who you are. Bring them here. Show them online. It don't matter. All y'all that are watching online right now, you can get somebody. Give them the link. Say, man, watch this. Even if they don't live around here, there's no excuse 
We're going to teach people how to ride for Christ. And you know what? I can't do it alone, and Ty can't do it alone. God is calling y'all. Who's going to saddle up? I dare you. I dare you to become more than you are today. Do you have the guts? You can. All you have to do is decide. Let's pray. God, you've been talking to that one out of the 99. That one is here. You've called them to ride for your brand and called them out of their fruitless, monotonous life toward a life of power, purpose, and passion. Give them the guts to answer your call today. They can do that by telling you that they will go where you tell them to go, do what, they, what you tell them to do, say what you want them to say, and be who you want them to be. Amen.